Thank you for joining me on Humankind Podcast for Leaders. I'm your host, Anthony Ormsby-Hale, and today I'm joined by Trevor Norton. This episode is a testament to the incredible power of networking. Trevor and I have not met in person, but connected on LinkedIn, and I really enjoyed getting to meet a kindred spirit. Trevor is a dynamic individual in this world, and you'll hear all about his experience working in two industries that are vastly different, about how he has transferred skills from his time in senior living communities to his role as an HR professional for a fast-growing renewable energy company. I was so fortunate to discuss a variety of topics with Trevor, including the skills he learned while working at a senior living community and how that set him up for success as an HR professional. We talked about ways that the senior living industry can open up and make more opportunities for young professionals to grow and develop. And I'm sure that's a great lesson learned for any organization, regardless of industry. My favorite part of this episode, Trevor shares how renewable energy can learn from senior living and take on a sense of service to the customer and the relational aspect that fuels the mission behind the reason many of us do the work that we do in senior living. While originally this podcast wasn't supposed to be about senior living, and the work that it does to create better care for senior adults, Trevor and I connected on this as we both work in HR in different areas and have a background in senior living. But I think the lessons learned here will be applicable to any organization. Trevor and I could have talked for hours, and I'm sure we'll continue the conversation offline. I'm particularly proud of this episode because I know that Trevor will continue to have a tremendous impact on the world around him. Please join me in listening in with Trevor Norton. Trevor, thanks so much for joining me on Humankind Podcast for Leaders. I am really excited to talk with you um, as another young professional working in the human resources space. And for our listeners, you and I have never actually met in person, uh, which is an incredible experience, just the awesome power of networking on LinkedIn and reaching out and connecting with folks. So I'd love to start this conversation just by understanding a little bit more about your background um, where'd you come from? How'd you get to where you are today? And uh, we're going to have a fascinating conversation about senior living, about human resources, and I'm sure many other things that will come up. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate you having me on. Um, to start with a little bit about myself. Um, so I have worked in the senior living industry for over five years now. Started out in high school as a server and then have worked my way up through um, various communities and various roles and, and all over, as I'm sure we'll get into later, but, you know, senior living really puts you in a ton of different roles, even if you have one job title <clears throat> throughout your entire tenure in senior living. Um, most recently, I've been both um, a concierge and a life enrichment manager um, at Sunrise Senior Living. And then I also currently work full-time um, as a human resources analyst at Clearway Energy Group, which is a renewable energy owner, operator, and developer um, in the United States. Um, so to give a little bit of background on how I got where I am and just to, to provide some more insight, um, I started out in senior living as kind of, you know, the typical high school job that, that people have just to, to pay for eating out with your friends or doing fun stuff in high school. Um, I actually got hired on at the community I first started out at when the choir I was in in high school performed and the dining room manager offered us all jobs and servers because they needed part-time servers. And so it was the perfect opportunity to start working in senior living um, and you know just have a fun job with with my friends and so i didn't really envision it being something long term 
Um, I actually, my mother works in senior living and has been a senior living professional for almost her entire career. So I almost had the anti-senior living thought in, in my brain because I never wanted to, nobody ever wants to have the exact same job as their parent. They want to be separate and different. Um, so it was funny that I started working in the one company or community that my mom had never worked at. So that's how I got started in senior living, but quickly realized that I did have my mom's genes and have a passion for seniors and, and just people in general. Um, so later in high school, I got moved into the receptionist role at a community. And when you move into the front and administration, you start interfacing with all the other roles and you really support all the departments from marketing to sales. Um, I also had a brief stint in, in nursing, which I learned nursing certainly was not for me. And I like to do all the non-direct care aspects of senior living. Um, I then moved out to Arizona. Um, I'm from Richmond, Virginia, by the way, to clarify. So all of this pre-stuff was in the East Coast. Um, I moved out to Arizona to attend undergraduate at Arizona State University, Sun Devils, um, and I'm a 2020 graduate of ASU with a business degree. Um, I joined Clearway in 2018 as an intern and have stayed on and was kept on full-time post-graduation in a permanent role. Um, so in my current role at Clearway to provide a bit of insight, um, I help support talent management, so you know our performance process, um, and then the supporting the compensation cycle, everything around talent. I also support everything related to HR technology, so our HR information system, our performance system, um, surveys, all of that. And then I also lead uh, workforce metrics, so you know data visualization, um, reporting and trends, and and everything related to you know the the numbers behind people. And then I'm also um, support our leaders as an HR business partner in some functions, so everything around partnering with leaders, coaching, employee relations, and all that fun stuff. Um, and then all the other miscellaneous things that, that come with HR is HR. There's there's really no one one easy way, as I'm sure you know, to describe HR supporting with engagement. Um, I also have been recently involved in diversity and inclusion as Clearway has stood that up, which is also a personal passion. So it's been great to lead that and help stand up diversity at Clearway. Um, but yeah, my, my role touches a lot of things, both in, in Clearway and then in senior living. So it's, it's I have a really diverse background and I'm blessed to have all the experiences I've had. Um, and then outside of outside of work, I'm also currently in my master's program at the University of Southern California, obtaining my master's in human resource management as my undergraduate degrees um, are in business. Um, I have an undergrad in management and then international business and a certificate in data analytics. So once I found my passion for human resources, I obviously wanted to do some formal studying of that as well. Um, but yeah, that's a brief introduction on, on my background. Well, that's pretty impressive. Um, so you and I are actually similar in the fact that we did not start in human resources and both kind of found our way working into that field and then catching up with some of the education behind that. Your education is far more impressive than mine. I just did you know, some online certificate courses through different universities. You went the full mile um, with the degree program. So kudos to you for doing that. Um, and also how incredible to hear that um, there was a hiring manager out there uh, when you were in high school who was open to the opportunity of having you know, students come in and, and fill those roles. Uh, I think you and I both working in talent acquisition can, uh, can confidently say that we need more people who are willing to give folks their great you know, first job in the industry, in any industry, I think is really important. So, um, so thanks yeah, for sharing that completely background. Completely agree. Um, so you mentioned the being the role of the HR analyst, and there was a um, a book that I was reading, and I cannot remember the name of this book right now. But the uh, premise of the book was talking about the role of 
really smart generalist within organizations. And you and I were talking a little bit about this before um, the call itself and how some organizations hire, you know, you're a finance analyst. And so you're going to work in the finance department and only do this one area. But because of your diverse background, you're able to really kind of better understand different business needs because you either worked in those areas or you, you know, at least have some foundational knowledge of that. Uh, so what would you say is the primary role of the HR generalist within the organization moving beyond just what the bullet points on the job description are? How do you find yourself interacting with different departments and really supporting the needs of the business? Yeah, and um, I'll preface, you know, with with anything around um, and any business role, especially in a supporting function where you are you are directly supporting the long term growth of the business and just ensuring that every every need is met and everything is taken care of, especially in something like human resources, where where you quite literally interact with every single function. Um, I just think it's so important to to have that generalist background and to be able to to understand the needs of the business, not only in human resources, but in any function, you have to understand how a business works in order to be successful long term. Um, but especially in a corporate environment, it, it's a little different in senior living, and um, we can get to that later. But in a corporate environment, especially nowadays, you know, personal agility is huge. You have to be able to to pivot to multiple different things. It's like you can look at your your list of things to do or your meetings, and they will be all completely unrelated and completely different disciplines relating with a bunch of different departments and you have to be able to balance that and, and change you know the way that you're interacting or the way that you're thinking with with each task that comes like even just today um, I had one one item related to legal and one item related to diversity and then one related to, to workforce planning and, and one related to talent acquisition and it's all these different things that where my brain had to pivot every single time to, to put on that cap or that framework to, to think about my role in supporting the business and, and resolving that, that conflict or whatever, whatever situation was going on. Um, but to continue to answer your question, I think it's just so important in, in any corporate environment and especially in senior living or, or in any up and coming company to, to have a generalist background, to be able to best meet the needs of the business, but also to just be personally agile because you know, if you can't adapt and meet the needs on, at a quick pace, it, um, you won't be able to keep up with, with what's happening in the business. I mean, you look at like the Fortune 500 companies where they pull in new associates and they have to learn quick. And they, if they don't catch up to speed, then they won't be successful um, and they won't be able to continue to grow. Uh, I also think that the generalist background sets people up better to learn and grow in, in their younger stages of their career. Because when you're, when you're starting out in your career, as we both know, the biggest and the most beneficial thing is, is being a sponge and absorbing everything around you. And if you aren't able to understand what you're absorbing, it won't be as beneficial. Whereas like, for example, I recently was helping work on a project where I was interfacing with a lot of our business operations team and, and helping support them. And I had to be able to absorb it quickly because I needed to learn and grow. And if I wasn't able to, to pick it up and roll with it as fast as I could with that, without that generalist and that personal agility in, in my background, I wouldn't be able to keep up when it wouldn't have been as meaningful as an experience that I now can, can put under my belt. Um, and I think a lot of that came from senior living. Um, so I hope that helps answer your question. Yeah, I think senior living definitely prepares you to be agile and just, I always tell people to learn just to expect the unexpected. You never know what can happen mm -hmm. in a senior living community. And in our initial call, when you and I first met, we talked a lot about, um, 
just not being surprised by things that happen anymore uh, because you see so many different events unfold in a senior living community um, that it there's a certain element of just crisis management that I think anyone who works a significant amount of time in senior living should automatically be able to add crisis management to their resume. Um, <laughs> and definitely a great skill set that most uh, organizations don't talk enough about of, you know, what happens when the fire alarm goes off or what happens when the lights go out and, and who responds to that and who shows up and takes leadership in that situation. Exactly. And it's, and it's, and it's the same thing in human resources. And so I don't know how you manage, you know, my, my background is I have one in senior living and one in human resources, but you have the double whammy of being human resources in senior living. So more power to you, but it, it's exactly, it's exactly that, you know, you, you never can, you're never surprised, but the, the good thing is you're also never bored and there's always something new and exciting and a new challenge every day, which some people don't want that, but if, if most people I think do never want to be bored in their job, I would hope. And so I think that's where where the generalist background in the senior living industry can can really be the place for people. Yeah, you are certainly never bored in HR and senior <laughs> living. So uh, I'm very grateful for for that experience. And uh, I'd love to. You mentioned about being a sponge and really picking up on new experiences, but that's really only fifty percent of the battle. Um, you have to have organizations that are willing to offer young professionals those experiences. So have you, um, have you found in either of your careers an opportunity or to be mentored or to, um, is there one career or industry over the other that has been more forthcoming with those learning opportunities for you? Yeah. And to, to tie this also into what we talked about before. And so, you know, I, I got my start in just being offered a job forthcoming by by the dining room manager at my old community. And it was, it was my very first supervisor in like, a, in like my high school job, her name was Laura and I still keep up with her. She's one of the greatest managers and direct supervisors I've ever had. Um, but I think, you know, there's always gonna be those type of people and those type of people leaders in any organization. They just might not always be as out there as we wish they would be, especially when young professionals are looking. And I think, you know, sometimes it's almost, I can't think of the right phrase, but it's like, who's gonna, who's gonna reach first is the, is the manager going to reach out or is the, is the employee who desires going to reach out? And then you're left in this weird middle where neither person has reached out and there's a missed opportunity, which is really unfortunate because, you know, I've heard before about like one of, one of my peers in, in undergrad who had known this, this director at a firm and, and they had a need for or a desire for somebody to join in the young professional to help, to help grow and mentor in like a very entry-level position, but they never reached out to the person um, and then the the young professional was too scared to ask. And so it was like, like, oh, man, like if you had only asked or if the manager had only reached out, like there could have been a great experience for both sides. And I think that's that's the struggle with this. But, you know, I definitely have encountered leaders who are who are going across um, in both industries. I think senior living, the biggest opportunity is with high schoolers, in, in my personal opinion, in a lot of ways, because that's a how Senior, senior living leaders now can ignite the next generation of leaders in senior living because, you know, to be completely frank, like in, in my undergraduate career, even in high school, like I, I don't think I met anybody that was like, oh, I just can't wait to grow up one day and be an executive director. I can't wait to grow up one day and, and be the director of nursing in a senior living facility. Like, you know, I'm, I know plenty of nursing students, but none of them ever wanted to go to go work in senior living. So I think when if people in senior living are able to pull in the younger generation in high school and help them realize their passion sooner on it it could be it could be amazing because you can have somebody who will have a 10-year 
career in senior living by the time they're 26. And that's like almost unheard of in a lot of ways, but it's crazy. I mean, people like I sometimes forget that I've almost had a six year tenure in, in senior living and I'm not even, I'm not even in my mid twenties yet. It's, it's, it's crazy, but I think that's what, I think that's what senior living managers need to do more and that they're, but they, they do certainly exist. Like I certainly have met managers across my communities. I think I've worked in five communities now and that there, there've been those managers that, that are willing to reach out. Um, in terms of corporate, you know, it really depends on the company, but I think those managers and leaders are also out there. But I think, again, it comes back to what I said about the who's going to reach out first or oftentimes also how are they going to get connected. Um, but I think I think they're out there. I think they just have to figure out what they need because, you know, oftentimes managers managers want to reach out to people and they want somebody to come in and grow, but they don't know how to get them in there or how to start it. And I think sometimes the fear of the unknown or the fear of not knowing what they're doing turns people off and, and might not set them up for success, but they are there in both industries and in any corporate career. I certainly know that from, especially at, at Arizona State, they do such a good job of pushing employers to to young professionals and connecting them. And it definitely demonstrates that no matter the industry, no matter the role, that there are managers out there that that want to come in and teach people. I think that's a personality type, and it's not it's not um, it's not specific to one industry. It's definitely a people thing that you will find in, in any organization or in any industry. Well, and there's a really clear call to action in both industries that we that we could certainly talk about is, you know, really understanding you you work in renewable energy and also in senior living. Both of those have really appealing purposes to individuals and, uh, you know, a really clear impact when the job is done well, you're producing sustainable energy that fuels communities or you're helping, you know, a senior adult live their life with as much independence, dignity as possible. What do you think the two industries can learn from each other? And how do you take that clear call to action, regardless of which industry it is, and connect that to someone? Because like you said, most people in high school, I know I certainly wasn't, um, one, either thinking about a career in (laughs) HR, if you want to be really specific, um, or thinking about, you know, a career in senior living, I, but I did know that I wanted to do something that was meaningful and purposeful. I obviously wanted to make a decent salary and be able to provide for myself and do that. <laughs> but I also didn't want to be somebody who just, you know, hated my job, which, you know, there are people, unfortunately, who are stuck in careers that they don't find fulfilling. So what are ways that, you know, one that you think companies can go out to people and say, hey, this is where we find individuals who find really meaningful careers. And then did you do anything on your part when you, you know, thinking about in high school to find, to, to do career seeking there, you know, to understand, you know, where this is what I want to do when I graduate college, when I quote unquote grow up. Um, and what does that look like for me? Yeah, lots of good questions. And so, so many things to think about, but kind of starting in, in order of time I guess so you know in in high school I think to your point like nobody nobody ever thinks they're going to make it into into HR or senior living like I don't if, if there are people out there like that then they need to go ahead and work because that that's absolutely amazing and I also I also did not know I wanted to work in HR either I fell into HR versus choosing it so I think completely agree on, on that point as well uh, but I think you know there's so much pressure on on people in middle school and high school to just have it all figured out, or at least that's the perception is everybody feels like they have to have it all figured out. And that's really not the case at all. I mean, I hope people can realize that and learn that, you know, that they don't have to have it all figured out, but even more so in college, you certainly don't have to go to college knowing exactly what 
you want to do. Um, but I think people also have to be willing to change or to pivot with um, with their career goals or their paths. And, you know, some people can get so set on something that they could be three-fourths of the way done with it and realize they hate it, but then they might think, I'm too far gone, I just have to keep going with it. When they, people can realize it's okay to pivot or switch. Like, I'm, I'm a decent example on that, too, that I went to college thinking that I wanted to to work with technology because, you know, I'm on the side, I'm like sort of a technique, like I'm always trying to get the new product or whatever. And I like the specs, but I'm certainly now I've realized I don't want to be the person sitting behind a computer coding all day. And that's what I thought at the beginning. So I started out as an information systems major and I'm like halfway through the program. I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. I don't want to sit behind a computer all day. I want to be with people. And so I, it took me a while to talk myself out of it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've spent two years like building up these reputations and making these relationships to help succeed in that career path. And I pivoted and I switched my major and all that stuff. And it was hard at first because, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take the extra time to switch and, and do all that. But I knew that, you know, that would ultimately be what was more fulfilling for me and my work down the road. Um, so I think that's the first thing that people can do to, to, to better figure out their career path is be okay with change and being, being open-minded and being able to switch because nobody has it figured out. And if people think they do, they're probably lying to themselves to some degree. I mean, I still don't even know if I haven't fully figured out and I'm in my career. Like people, people can make career switches and later in life, like I, there are people in my human resources grad program that are, 10 years in one career and they're doing the HR grad program because they want to switch into a career of HR because they've realized that throughout their, throughout their lives and they're finally able to, to commit to making a switch. And so it's, it's just that that's just one piece of advice or a thought that I have that people just need to be open to switching and, and keeping an open mind, especially with something that has, has a reputation like senior living. And that brings me to my, my second point or, or thought that with, with the senior living industry specifically, I think, there's such a stigma around it that, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's a horrible industry to work in or nobody ever wants to be be, work, be working in a role like that. And then also you, you think about people where it's like, I'm sure you've heard people say that it's like, when I get to that age, like, don't put me in a home, just like get rid of me. And that's horrible that some people think that way because they a probably haven't seen how great senior living communities can be and how much life that, that people can have. But B, it's like, if, if that's how people feel about the industry, why aren't, why don't they want to do something to make a difference about it? And so that's another challenge I think I'd have for some people. If they if they think that senior living is so so challenging, why aren't they trying to do something to make it better if people are up for a challenge? Um, so I think that's another thought about about people potentially coming into that industry. Um, I think one of the other questions you'd asked was was what can the two industries learn from each other? Um, so you know, obviously senior living and renewable energy and renewable energy are very different and distinct industries that have almost nothing in common in some ways, but they also do have a lot more in common than, than people think. Um, there's a lot that each industry could learn from the other. <clears throat> I think the similarities that those industries have, and this can be also applied to other industries, but they're also continuing to evolve. Both of these industries are changing year by year with new technology or new developments. You know, with senior living, there's tons of new ways to care for seniors as, as new progress is made, you know, with research or, or understanding and development. And then on the renewable energy side, you know, there's always new technology coming out and better ways to to manufacture turbines or to better optimize energy efficiency and all those things, especially as renewable energy continues to grow. So in industries that are continually changing, I think people have to continue to be adaptable and work with these things. But the approach of the senior living industry and the renewable energy are completely different. So I think senior living could stand to learn from renewable energy is how to be more, is how to put innovation at the forefront, I think, because you know, 
especially with a lot of the, the, the seasoned senior living professionals, and this is not meant to be a diss or anything on them, but a lot of them are so set in their ways that they're like, I've done this for 20 years. This is what works. And this is what I want to do. And this is what we're doing. And a lot of times it's hard for people in, in more junior positions or people that don't have the same amount of experience to challenge them on that because they, the, the leaders know that that's what works. And I think people need to be more open to innovation and, and new ways of doing things in senior living, especially as the populations continue to change and more people start to move into these communities because there's, there's so many new ways that we could approach care and, and continuity of, of of coverage and, you know, just, just enriching life of, of seniors and what they do in their, in their daily lives. And especially with, you know, the different levels of care and just everything around senior living. I think there's so many opportunities for innovation and as new minds come into the senior living space, whether they realize they're getting into it or not like us, we're going to have new ideas that will be contrasting to, to the, the current top leadership. And a lot of them will likely be resistant to the ideas that we're bringing in but they need to be open to innovation and not only open, but they need to push for innovation. I think that's what renewable energy does so well is they continue to push for innovation. Like I think about lectures or articles that I've seen from like CEOs in the renewable energy industry, and they're always pushing for the next greatest thing because they want to have it at the forefront. And if all the senior living providers in, in the country were all pushing for the next greatest thing in senior living and pushing that level of innovation to be the next best with the newest and greatest, I think the industry would would just grow significantly and be be fabulous because you know right now it's just which senior living provider has the has the best version of what's already there and it's like how can we have something new and better so i think that's what senior living could stand to learn from from renewable energy is just being more open and, and inviting and welcoming innovation on the flip side you know senior living really excels in in people and in just caring for people and relationships and I think this this is we've touched on this briefly with why I was set up for success in so many ways in a career in corporate, but corporate America it can be a terrifying place, especially renewable energy. But I mean, there people can be very people can just they're, they're there to work and they're there to get a job done. They're there to they're there to succeed and to thrive, and it can be very competitive and it can be intense. But oftentimes, I think sometimes people lose the people aspect, of it. and that's not always true. Like I think my I think. Clearway does a great job of, of caring for their people and having the human aspect, but I know that's not true for all renewable energy companies where they might not be, um, they might not have the human aspect. And I think that's what senior living could stand to teach renewable energy is, is the extra length people aspect, because, you know, there's, there's the people aspect that every company has is, you know, you take care of your people, yada, yada, yada. But senior living has that extra oomph around caring for people because it's such a personal, it's such a personal industry when you are caring for somebody's life, 24 hours a day and you're thinking about everything that goes into that. And then you're also working with families to communicate needs and you're helping provide care plans and updates. And you're, you're not only dealing with the person that's their life, but you're working for their, their children that want the best for their parents and, and so on. So the, the level of personable relationships that are developed in senior living and, and the navigation skills that come with that are something that I think would benefit anybody in, in renewable energy or also even just corporate America. It's, it's something that's often lost in, in the office complexes. You forget the human behind people sometimes. Um, and it's something that is so well done in senior living that I think the energy industry could learn, could learn from senior living. But I think those were, remind me of any other questions that you just asked me because there's, there's a few. <laughs> I'm, I'm told that I ask usually three to four questions within one question. So you did a great <laughs> job rolling with those. Um, you know, 
you are also talking to somebody who changed their major five times, I think, if I remember correctly. So um, I totally get, you know, going through and making sure that you are on the path that you think works best for you um, and understanding and being comfortable with that change is really important. And I think that that resonates well with a lot of what you said there. So um, fantastic. There's so much um, that senior living is capable of doing. And I know that you and I see that every single day um, that we have an opportunity to interact with phenomenal uh, residents and uh, family members and employees who uh, go and choose senior living communities. So that is really exciting. And I know that there's some, there's some great work being done in that space, but definitely a huge opportunity for us to continue to change the way that we care for senior adults in, um, in our country, which there's just so much opportunity and excitement out there for that. So, mm -hmm. um, I'd, I'd love to, um, end our conversation by asking you about, um, a, a book or a resource that you would recommend for our learners, um, or our listeners. And, um, what I'm sure you have a fantastic collection of resources on your bookshelf and in your computer. And, and so what, what knowledge can you share with us? Yeah, I'd say the first one that's easy for everybody to get is just Harvard Business Review. There are tons of articles or, or cases in Harvard Business Review that are great for anybody to read. I mean, you can find anything there. Um, and then specific from a book perspective, books that have really helped me, no matter what industry I think would benefit anybody is first is um, Talent Wins. Um, and there, it's by a, a multiple, multiple number of authors, but it's the new playbook for putting people first. And I think this is a really good resource for anybody who just wants to, to figure out how to better leverage talent in the workplace, you know, no matter the industry, no matter the role you're in, if you want to be a leader, you have to figure out how to work with talent and how to best utilize your talent to set up your organization, for your team, or whatever it may be for success. Um, and so I think that's a really good book that, that helps people learn how to, how to put their direct reports. So just the people in their organization first to continue to be set up for success. So that's one really good book that I recommend. And then the other one that's more specific to just leadership in general, if anybody wants to, to focus on leadership development is reading the leadership challenge. Um, and it's about, you know, how to make extraordinary things happen in organizations. And it really just helps people learn um, how to leverage their skills to, to drive change or to bring positive impacts in their organization, which again, can happen no matter the industry, because I think no matter it be senior living, renewable energy or, or whatever industry, if people have a desire to be a leader that, they likely will have a desire to bring change and to, to have a positive influence in their enterprise. And that book does a really good job of, of giving some skills or some, some tips and tricks on how to do that. Awesome. And I actually have Talent Wins on my bookshelf, so I need to dig that out and actually read it. Um, I have a bad habit of buying books and putting them on the bookcase and not, not reading them. So that's a good reminder to go back and do that. Um, actually, I had one more question for you that is kind of a flip of questions that I usually get to ask people on this podcast. Um, usually I, I have an opportunity to interview folks who have had uh, phenomenal long careers, um, but you are unique in the fact that you are you know, somewhat starting out your career, um, although you've got quite a bit of experience under your belt. So um, usually I ask people to think back on their younger career self and what advice they would give uh, themselves but I'd love to ask you about what are you looking forward to in the next, you know, five to 10 years? What, uh, what accomplishments are you hoping to make? And um, particularly if you could think of one, one achievement that you would be particularly proud of, what, what would you say that, that you're hoping to accomplish? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. It's a, it's a tough one because there's lots of things and a lot of it's hard to even put into words. Um, but I think, you know, I'd love, so the unique thing about human resources and, and senior living as well, is you're always working with people and you're coaching people and you're supporting them and you're helping people grow, even if you're not a direct people manager. But down the road, I think in five to 10 years, I'd love to be an actual people manager and actually have a team that I'm able to really focus on development and growth in. You know, it, it's one thing to coach people outside of your team and in your business, but I think it would be especially rewarding to me down the road to have a team of my own and help them learn and grow and, and pass on what I've learned, especially having the unique background and experience that I've had. So I think that's that's one thing that I'm looking forward to, hopefully down the road. Um, and then also just continuing to grow to grow as a leader in general, because I think people people often downplay the the leadership aspect of people who aren't direct people managers or not necessarily an executive or whatever it may be, but still being a leader in, in many facets. And, you know, as I may be a younger person in my career in, in, in an analyst level role, but I'm still able to be a leader in just, in just the experiences that I've had. So I'm looking forward to continuing to, to grow those experiences and expand because like we both have discussed multiple times, whether it be in HR or in senior living or in your case, both, there's never a dull moment and there's always something new to, to take on and challenge. So I'm certain that I may feel like I've seen everything, but I'm certain I will see new things in the next coming years that won't save me, but I'll be able to continue to grow and learn with them. Well, I have no doubt that you will continue to be a positive influence in any organization that you're a part of. Um, so Trevor Norton, thank you so much for sharing your time, your passion, your energy, but also I just want to say a personal thank you for, uh, for the work that you do in senior living. Um, I think anyone working in the field of life enrichment and resident engagement, uh, it's an absolutely critical role that has a tremendous positive impact on the quality of life for the um, many, many seniors who call senior living communities their home. So thank you so much for the work that you do to, to make their lives um, full of uh, just uh, great, great events and, and a lot of great growth there. Thank you and thank you. And I'll spin it back to you and say thank you for all that you're doing to continue to bring awareness to, to senior living. You know, I think it's great that we have lots of people in the senior living industry that are really pushing the industry out there in a positive light that I think is much, much needed, especially in somebody in a position like, like you that is able to help not only put a positive light on senior living, but also bring people in and, and make them want to join. So thank you for all that you're doing to hopefully bring in the next generation of leaders in senior living. So really awesome to see. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for joining me on Humankind Podcast for Leaders. I'm your host, Anthony Ormsby-Hale, and today I'm joined by Trevor Norton. This episode is a testament to the incredible power of networking. Trevor and I have not met in person, but connected on LinkedIn, and I really enjoyed getting to meet a kindred spirit. Trevor is a dynamic individual in this world, and you'll hear all about his experience working in two industries that are vastly different about how he has transferred skills from his time in senior living communities to his role as an HR professional for a fast-growing renewable energy company. I was so fortunate to discuss a variety of topics with Trevor, including the skills he learned while working at a senior living community and how that set him up for success as an HR professional. We talked about ways that the senior living industry can open up and make more opportunities for young professionals to grow and develop and I'm sure that's a great lesson learned for any organization, regardless of industry. My favorite part of this episode 
Trevor shares how renewable energy can learn from senior living and take on a sense of service to the customer and the relational aspect that fuels the mission behind the reason many of us do the work that we do in senior living. While originally this podcast wasn't supposed to be about senior living and the work that it does to create better care for senior adults, Trevor and I connected on this as we both work in HR in different areas and have a background in senior living. But I think the lessons learned here will be applicable to any organization. Trevor and I could have talked for hours and I'm sure we'll continue the conversation offline. I'm particularly proud of this episode because I know that Trevor will continue to have a tremendous impact on the world around him. Please join me in listening in with Trevor Norton.